Hi and welcome to another episode of Up Next. This is your host Ali Murtada, and today I'm joined by none other than Mathani Muhammad, the co-founder of Blend Space. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So hi Mathani, welcome to Up Next. Hi, thank you for having me. Very very happy to be here. It's amazing to have you here. I love all the events they guys have and all the creators they just bring on. So let me leave the floor to you to tell us a bit more about yourself and Blanche Space. All right. So um, obviously, my name is Mathani. I am currently 27 years old. Um, I know it might be a bit shocking to a lot of people. I started Blank Space when I was 21, so it was back in 2015. Still a university student. Yeah. Um, basically, I grew up in love with the arts, and I'm a lefty. So, scientifically speaking, those who write with their left hand, they use their right um, side of their brain, which is responsible for creativity, art, and all that kind of stuff. So, I've been writing ever since I was a kid. Just poetry. So, I started writing poetry in 2015 itself, just three months before. I started blank space, which is crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, I started it really early, and we were inspired by an open mic event called Rooftop Rhythms. It's in Abu Dhabi, and it's a huge open mic to those who know it. Um, it's run by Dorian Paul, an American poet, and that was kind of the first experience for me to like, see poetry for the first time. And you usually hear poetry on national TV. But it's like old people sitting around, jabana, drinking, talking about a matarawagad will be the somehow. So like it's all just very old stuff that the civilization is done. But seeing spoken word poetry opened my eyes to different kind of um a world of talent that I wasn't exposed to, and I thought it was absolutely beautiful. Um, and it made me it encouraged me to write to perform. And I think that's where it all started. And I was like, "We need to have one in Dubai. I can't be traveling to Abu Dhabi every single month. It's a man." That was back when you didn't need a DPI or PCR to enter Abu Dhabi. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's when I kind of was exposed to it, and that's when I started performing. I performed there a couple of times, and then I met Muhammad Hakam at a, uh, I think, um, an exhibition. And then we kind of worked together on the youth summit. Um, I was a facilitator um, at an event that we held. And just from there, I was like, yo, do you want to start up an open mic? Like, Let's do it. I'm like, yes. It took us one month to just come up with everything and to start. But yeah. Wow. So now you started all of this exactly six years ago, like you were just saying, and you were inspired by another open mic. So why don't you tell us a bit more about the events that you guys have and the type of people that come on and perform? Okay, so the open mic uh, or poetry community in Dubai grew a lot since 2015. Um, right now you see a lot of events happening and a lot of open mics coming up than it used to so it keeps changing every year because just like we were inspired by rooftop rhythms people get inspired by us and then get inspired by others so before it was just open mic and now there's 
just poetry places and then just like music places. So there's events for separate stuff. And there's also um, Dubaiomedy, which is like Dubai comedy. And it's just for stand-up comedy on its own, uh, which didn't exist before and now exists, which is, which is beautiful. And you can see that the culture in Dubai is growing. So open mics are basically word for word. They're open mics. So you come on the day of the event, you come to the venue and you're like, hey, is there an available spot? I'm going to register, share what's your name, write down your name, what do you do, poetry, poetry, and then they call you up next and you go and you perform, and that's that. Um, it wasn't very popular in this country. You, you see a lot in movies, if you watch a lot of movies. I don't if you watch um, 21 Jump Street, um, they had a scene where they had an actual open mic in a cafe. They usually they have it like in bars. So they, and then he was talking about Cynthia. <laughs> you remember I was really funny. I said I told um, you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So um, open mics include poetry, music, in our case also instrumental, and um, you can come on. You can rap if you want to. If you don't want to sing, you can rap. And then um, occasionally we have a stand-up comedy. It's not very common, but it happens. They, they come. Um, in our case, Blank Space, we, held, we hold our event once a month. And we've been doing that ever since 2015. Um, the crowd and the level of talent grows by the year. So as a poet, when you are exposed to different kind of poetry, different kind of performance art, you get inspired. So you do better. So every single event, the same people that came are better than the they were in last event. And then they bring other people. And sometimes you come as a audience member and you see the vibe and you see the energy and you're like, wow. I feel like, you know what, I feel like I have enough, enough courage to perform. And then we get more performers. And sometimes people don't think they can write poetry. And they come to Blank Space and they see people performing and they're like, wow, this is incredible. They get inspired and they start writing. And then from writing, they're like, you know what, I feel like I'm confident enough to perform what I wrote. So it kind of unlocks different kind of like levels of like, skills and talents to people that never really noticed that they had before. And the level of creativity we have, forget year by year, because this is obviously ridiculous. Just a month, it's mad. And we used to start having, 2015, we had a crowd of about 70 people per event. Um, 2016, they became, 80 to 90 and then from 2017 to recent it's 100 plus so we got 150 120 sometimes 180 like back in d3 when the area was open we got up to 200 because the area was just open and there was no restriction and everything so it was it was remarkable at that time you don't really have to social distance not wear a mask it was beautiful and everyone was just crushed in just one area listening to poetry and I just loved it um it became like a community became like a family I would go and say hi to everyone before I started the show 
um, I'd welcome them. I see familiar faces, and those who are new, I say hi to them. And then, obviously, while I'm holding the mic, I get to know everyone um, through me bullying them as well. Um, it's really, really fun, and I think it's uh, it's a beautiful way to network with people as well, because um, you there are people who are coming for one purpose, and you guys all have the same interests. So people meet different people. They collaborate. Sometimes we see duets. Sometimes we see people work on different projects together. Um, musicians singing together. Um, it's really, really nice. It's beautiful. It truly is. And I mean, I can attest to that because I've been to one of your events in D3. And it was really nice to see not only that, you know, the everyone performing and how great they were, but it felt like it was a community because I personally just knew someone that was performing, but how they were going around saying hi to everyone performing, to you, to everyone. It felt really nice, especially, you know, something that brings yeah. out, um, you know, that allows creators, that allows artists to come out and then have a stage for them. To not only, you know, expose themselves to a larger audience, but also to network, like you were saying, and help them grow their brand and themselves in many, many different exactly. ways. Because it's not just yeah. by having more people listen to your work or see you perform. It's a lot more than that. And now I want to exactly. take it back to the very beginning. Like I just, like I was just saying, you started in 2011, uh, sorry, not 2011, when you were 21 and you mm. were still a uni student then. When you first met yeah. uh, your co-founder, Muhammad, okay. and you were working out mm. on everything in that one month that you just mentioned, what was mm. your vision for Blanche Space then? Like, what did you see it becoming or what did you want it to become? It's crazy because we didn't really have a goal or a vision. We just wanted to have a venue. And <laughs> that was our goal. It was like, all right, we're going to start. So... Our, the first few goals that we have is we have to figure out a name, have to figure out our target audience. We have to figure out where we want to do it. We have to figure out how we're going to get people to come. Because no one knows what the hell a blank space is. What the hell a blank space is? No one knows it. It's never been. It's not a thing. So in order for you to get people to come to something that never existed is one heck of a job. Um, so that was our main goal. We never really thought of, oh, what is going to be? What are we going to do with it? What, how do we want to make money? Like, it was, <laughs> we started making money maybe in two, 2017. We started making money like three years after we started already. Um, so we never really had a clear goal because we never really knew what was going to come out of it. It was like a great area for the both of us. And I never hosted my entire life. All I know is I'm really good at talking. <laughs> and I'm really good at talking to people. So on August 22nd, 2015, was our first event. And we had two feature artists, and they were Qutuf Yahya and Safwa. Um, they're incredible uh, performers. Um, Qutuf was part of uh, NASA Notepads, which is a huge open mic in Sudan. And her and Safwa also share a, what used to be a beautiful open mic, Nabudabi, um, called Backyard Poetry. And it was beautiful as well. Um, but you know, time and stuff, so they thought uh, they stopped uh, doing it. Um, so we featured them for the first time, and then when you bring someone that people know, they're gonna come because they know what they're going to to see. 
So there were 15 minute features. So Qutub had 15 minutes, Safa had 15 minutes. In total, they both had 30 minutes. And that's usually what we do with feature po uh, artists or poets that come to our event. Um, and we just had a list of people that came in and was like, you know, we want to perform, we want to sign up, we want to sign up. And that's just how it started. And I think the energy felt authentic. It felt um, welcoming. It felt really natural. And people really enjoyed their night. And they just kept asking, all right, so when's the next event? And I was like, oh, crap. People actually want to see this. They, they want to see more. We did a great job. So it was back in Mellow Yellow in Uptown Murdiff, which is now is called MBC Bakery or <laughs> My BC. It's called, yeah, My BC Bakery, which is my bakery um, uh, cafe, which is insane to see the growth that we've done so far um, with events. But yeah, even the name was a struggle. A lot of people don't know where the name came from. And at that time, when we picked the name, Taylor Swift have come with the song Blank Space as well. And I'm like, oh, is it, is it inspired by Taylor Swift? And I'm like, no. No, Taylor was inspired by us. <laughs> exactly. I'm so grateful that she did not copyright that name. Otherwise, we would have screwed. We would have to everything. Um, actually, we, I don't think people know this, but before Blank Space was Blank Space, it was first called Spotlight, and then it, it was called Ink, and then we came to uh, finally finding the name Blank Space, um, and it kind of came from, as a university student, we just as a person, at that certain age, you just fig you want to figure out a lot about yourself, and it's a process of you figuring out who you are and your personality, and what you like, what you don't like, and what you're good at, what you're not good at. And so, it's kind of like having a blank canvas, but it's your space, right? So it's a blank space, and you want people just to fill it with whatever good and whatever talent and whatever colors they have and just make it their own thing. And that's just kind of where the name came from, like blank space. It's a blank space. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's really, when you think about it, it's like always the simple, um, like the, it's very simple yet very- Exactly. Like Meaningful. complicated or hidden in the sense that you're always when it, especially when you're thinking of names, you're always looking for something like so unique and something that can, like you know, ha has like an insane Activate. story behind it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But then when it's actually like, it is exactly what you were looking for. Like you were filling a blank space through blank exactly. space. So it exactly. makes perfect sense. And you actually and just you answered my next question. Because I was about to ask you about the name behind that space. Because I find it very interesting. Like I always love to ask people about like the, especially people that uh, you know create their. Yeah, exactly. Because I find the names very interesting. You know, because for us, we might just see the we might take it for as it is, right? So this is called blank space. Yeah. Okay, in my head, it is blank space. But you never know, like what was the thinking process? What were the other exactly. names that were in the pipeline and all that stuff? So it's really interesting and sometimes funny when you hear all of the other names too. So I'm glad you shared that with us. Yeah, 
And you know, so that's as for the name and as for the story about uh, Blank Space and its origins. But before you were the co-founder of Blank Space, you're also a poet. So why don't you tell us a bit mm. more about your journey with poetry and how it started? Uh, okay, so I don't think I've ever met a poet that became a poet because they were in a happy place. I think usually art or um, verbal art, any kind of art really, um, it's, it's a form of self-expression and usually comes when you're unable to express yourself like a regular human being. So you refer to something else. Um, so I started back in 2015 and I've had people around me that were poets. Um, and I wasn't really into poetry all that much until I've, you know, visited um, rooftop rhythms and, and I thought it was very beautiful. I thought it was great. But you don't instantly start. Now, something about Masani is I don't really see anything as impossible to do. If I want something, I'll get it. I'll set my mind to do it and I'll get it. So when I went to rooftop rhythms for the first time ever, I with my siblings and a friend of mine and I just was so fascinated and I looked at my sister and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get on that stage one day. I'm gonna have people snap for me. We just wait. And three months after I started writing poetry. But I didn't write it because I sat down and I was like, I need to write poetry. I'm gonna make it happen. It's because genuinely I was not in a good place. 2015 was a terrible year and it had a lot of self growth and a lot of self reflection and I think poetry helped me figure out my feelings and sometimes it doesn't really help you get your feelings through it's just for you to look them out it's like venting but with style you know um so sometimes like I the way I started my my pieces they were so abstract you have to sit and listen to understand to the depth of the words. Um, and the way my style changed over the years obviously was determined to the kind of poetry I was listening to at the time. So from year to year, month to month, whenever I would even be hosting and just listen to people do poetry, I'm like, you know what? I like that style. No, I like it. I like it. I'm with it. I'm with it. And I, I get inspired. So I start writing too. Um, I usually, so the process of me writing a, a piece would be me getting inspired by a beat in a song or a lyric that I've heard or a metaphor someone says or I'm sitting down and I say a word that I like and I'm like, do that. Do that nice and i start writing and it's, it's insane and my pieces kind of so obviously everyone that performs have pieces that you perform to people and pieces to keep to yourself not everything i write is performable and not everything i write is to be read sometimes you write push to the side um, because it's just things that you use to kind of deal with your emotions and things that you write because they're fun and they're creative and you're like, 
I'm smart. It kind of has a beat to it. Um, and you kind of use it. Uh, but poetry is really fun. And a lot of people think that poetry is boring until they come to blank space. And they see that poetry is actually not so bad. You know, and they're like, whoa, this is a different kind of, because I didn't like poetry before, trust me, I'm with you, I used to like poetry, until I was introduced to spoken word poetry, and that was just different, because everyone can write poetry, but not everyone is a performer. Performing is an art, that's why it's called performance art. It's an art, you have to have character, you have to have confidence the way you pronounce things the way you say them out the way you talk the way you perform you see when someone just gives you action like you know as if like as if you are a character that is performance art um so yeah it's 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 beautiful sometimes you have writer's block where you don't write for months months and you're like oh i think i lost it i think i lost it and then suddenly you start writing and you're like, all right, cool. I mean, I was being dramatic. I was good. I was good. But yeah, basically that's poetry for me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely. Because a lot of people, myself included, I used to think of uh, poetry as the stuff that we were taught back in Arabic class, like in grade, uh, at what, grade eight or grade nine, like in Mutarabi, Shams or Layla or Baida or Tarifudi. I like all that stuff. I like all that ancient poetry. And like for those listening that like don't know Arabic, it's like this. Uh, this very famous poet, like very, way back then, like thousands of years yeah, ago, and yeah. their that poetry is very co- complex. And like, as myself, I used to like Google the meaning of every single word just to like understand a single <laughs> verse. Like nothing made sense. Exactly. But what I really like about spoken art poetry is that obviously it is an art on its own, but it also grows as you know a part of the art of storytelling, because you're always exactly. telling something. You know, so exactly. you can tell a story, you can tell a story and then end it with like uh, a recommendation or something too. Exactly, exactly. And it's relatable. We, we relate to it. It makes sense to us. Human beings always try to find something that is common to them so they can understand it and become familiar with it. And that's why poetry in this modern um, time right now is very relatable because people talk about things that we all relate to and that's why it becomes a community. Because sometimes I could be on the mic, I see something exactly how you feel, but you're unable to see it. You're unable to verbalize it. You're unable to put it in ways that you understand it yourself. And then you have someone that gets on the mic and says exactly how you feel and you're like, damn, that's exactly how I feel. That's true. She feels me, I, I feel her. I feel, I feel you, you know, and it becomes, and you're like, facts, you know, so it, it becomes like people become familiar with each other, and poetry is a piece of you, so when you go on the stage, and you talk about yourself, and you're confident enough to share your emotions, and your feelings, and who you are with people, it brings you together, it brings you closer, it forms a connection, and Time after time, it kind of forms into it becomes like a little a little family, and Absolutely. it's beautiful. Yeah, it's very, 1, very beautiful. 
and it's honestly that was even more beautiful is the fact that he has developed this and you know someone can look at it as uh, an organization that hosts events related to poetry but like just from hearing what you were saying like you guys literally had people yourself included start writing poetry because of it and expressing themselves in different mediums because a lot of people are unable to express themselves through the typical mediums like you were saying hence art comes into play and a lot of people also became more familiar with a spoken word poetry became more introduced to artists they found a community they found people to relate with people that they can exactly like get that sense of belonging that we all crave as human beings Mm -hmm. so it's absolutely amazing to see what you guys have done like over the years and are still doing and speaking of still doing how are you guys doing with managing events in the middle of a pandemic this pandemic is totally insane because there's no consistency and it's really hard um because human beings crave like a human touch like you crave an actual physical human being in front of you um and it's so easy to lose um attention so easy to lose value of things when they're not right in front of you um so we tried virtual events but it doesn't have that sense of like coziness and comfort people want to escape through whatever it is from whatever the reality that they're in so in blank space people just choose to escape the house the family they they choose to escape whatever routine that they used to have and then come to blank space because they seek um the feeling of just familiarity belonging to someone oh i know you i feel you i feel comfortable i feel warm i like it um so through the pandemic it was really hard to kind of keep up with the virtual events because it was impossible to hug someone after a really bad piece and you can feel people going through it and i think what the pandemic has caused a lot of people to um kind of shift their mental um mental health and it's not as great as it used to be and you kind of seek someone to to comfort you to make you feel better and all that kind of stuff and i think that's what we do as a community as well um so that was it's just it's really difficult to do through online box but like i appreciate you guys it doesn't feel the same so we got back to uh i think there was an event that happened in november 29th of november 2020 um we held one at the theater more of the emirates and it, it felt so good to be back it felt incredible to see people listen give me a wireless microphone and it's over for everybody at the event because <laughs> i would be sitting all the way over there bullying everybody <laughs> um but it was really really nice and it was beautiful to reconnect with everyone and just hear poetry live and see how what people have been writing at, during the time when they were locked down and um it was beautiful so now and now we're kind of facing issues with coming back to like um a live event 
and trying to make sure that there's social distancing, that, you know, no one is infecting anyone else. And you can't really be like, oh, you guys can't really come to the event unless everyone has done their PCR. Um, you can't just tell people, go out of your way, pay for something, and then come to event, pay again, because it's just a lot of hassle. So um, I think slowly, slowly, Dubai as a country and as a city, it's um, kind of facilitating um, the ability for everybody to have events again in the country. Um, so hopefully when things are a bit stable, we'll continue to have um, events. But for now, we might have one every two months, every three months, depending on the availability of uh, the venues. But yeah. I mean, it's great that you guys were able to host one uh, live while you guys had the chance to, you know, unfortunately with COVID and everything, yeah, yeah. it just destroyed everything. And like, like you're saying, there's no consistency. There's no certainty. You have no idea what's yeah. going to happen tomorrow or the day after. Exactly. But, uh, um, and it's also a huge responsibility that you have to bear because, you know, st- not only would you, you know, be worried for yourself, but, you know, when you start thinking about like the magnitude of, like you interacting with like so many people and all that, like it is a huge burden that you would have to carry. Thus, the social distancing yeah. rules and everything like that. But hopefully, you guys will be able to have it with the with the guidelines and everything like that. And hopefully, this pandemic will just eventually leave us and we can resume life if, if we remember oh. how it was. <laughs> Because I, I feel like I've personally adapted to this lifestyle, so I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna stay at home twenty four seven. Struggling, I don't <laughs> like it at all. I'm an extrovert. I like being with people. I'm very social. This is as much of a necessity. We all needed it to just be with each other, and one with ourselves, and to have like time for self reflection, take care of ourselves, do a little bit of self care and stuff. Um human beings want and love company and we want some company right now <laughs> let us out <laughs> yeah i hope i mean hopefully hopefully it all ends soon and you know life returns norman if hopefully, hopefully and now you know with running something like blanche space over the span of six years you are bound to run into a challenger too, other than just, you know, being in a pandemic, obviously, which is a, a clear winner. <laughs> but other than that, yeah. what were some of the challenges that you guys faced that in a way might have defined your journey? Okay, so like one of the first obstacles we ever ran into was how do we get a venue to let us host an event? For free. Because ain't nobody got no money. You know? So it kind of taught you to be persuasive, to know how to talk to managers and kind of convince them that this is going to be a very successful event and um, have them just agree to have us host the event. So once we were able to like locate venues, we started facing issues with, our priorities and our mission and vision um, don't align with theirs. So they just want to make money and we want to grow as a community. And it started to clash. And then when you find a venue that actually understands your values and your mission and vision, what you guys are looking into and all that stuff, they don't have enough space. We became so big. We can't host less than 100. And their limit is like 80, 60. 
And we're like, uh-huh, where are we going to host this event? In my backyard? <laughs> it's not going to work. So it's always an issue. So if it's an issue with the venue or issue with the managers of the venue or the capacity, and then you also run into an issue with performers. 25 is not enough to fit everyone in. Everyone wants to perform, and sometimes you're out of time. So the event starts from, we, do, we open the doors at 6. Performance registration is open at 6.30. That's when we used to have it on the spot. And then we start at 7. So it's from 7 until 10.30, sometimes 11. And sometimes that's not even enough. Sometimes more people want to be there. Sometimes we can't even make it to the waiting um, list because everyone already on the list is fixed and just got done with it. Sometimes we have to tell people to have come on time and registered. We're so sorry. You can't make it to the mic today. And they would have brought their family, their friends. And I had situations where it was back in Business Bay, Blue Cave. It was out in the terrace. I don't know if you've been. It was out in the terrace. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful view. And we had a list of people and maybe like five people that we had to cut out. And we weren't able to fit within the time frame that we had. Um, that's why we have durations for poetry is three minutes. Music is four, then comedy is five, because we don't want people to take time from someone else's time, and so that everyone is able to fit within the time frame that we have. So this lady was like, oh, was like, I was walking by, and she's performing, and she grabbed my hand, and she pulled me down, and she's like, what am I next? And I'm like, I'm sorry, I get that you guys come on time, and I get that you guys want to perform, but you guys don't pay us nothing. We provide you with a platform. We do everything for you. The least you guys could do is respect us. Absolutely. As the least you guys could do is respect us. Talking to someone with disrespect, pulling my arm, telling you one of my next, one man not calling out your name. Like, come on, we can do better than this. You just, it pissed me off. And I was like, this is not it. I'm so done. I don't get this anymore. I was tired. I was done. Because... And we have events on Thursdays, and I finish work on Thursday really late. So I come from the office, and I run to the open mic, and I perform until 11. 11, everyone goes home, but we still stay so we can pack up and make sure everything is gone and good. So 11.30, I'm done. I'm back home at like 11, at like 12, 12.30, and I've been up since like 6 a.m. in the morning. People don't understand that. And it takes so much energy. And so much work for me to look and feel and sound excited. It's a lot of work. And people don't keep that in mind. They think I'm just here trying to <laughs> give you all the money so you guys can talk. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And keeping the energy up and positive and have everyone clap every time, every single minute of the day, every hour until everyone leaves is a lot of work. <laughs> so it's not easy people think it's just oh it's a mic people go on it's not it's a lot of work it's a lot of work absolutely and they're just talking about like the day of the event let alone like imagine thinking of all of the work they just do in the background just to have that day of the event so this is just literally yeah, exactly. just the, like 
16 hours or like 18 hours um, but then without all the hours that go into making like you know these four hours possible for everyone to have that event absolutely and you know now you're a poet yourself and through blanche space and all of the events that you guys had you've seen several poets artists and comedians and you've seen them over a space of six years and like you were just saying in the beginning you've seen them grow you've seen them evolve into better and much uh, than they were the, like the ta- the previous time that performed so what would your advice be to an aspiring poet or comedian or artist especially here in the region that wants to grow and you know either grow their brand or grow their exposure or just grow as an artist um it's kind of two advices but they go hand in hand um confidence confidence Confidence, 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 confidence. And confidence doesn't come um, because someone says, hey, open your hand, here's confidence. No. Confidence comes with you getting out of your comfort zone, trying something that you're very scared of, and doing it. And that happens with faking it until you make it. Fake it till you make it. So you fake confidence until you actually have confidence. Um, so times where you feel like okay i'm gonna perform today i'm gonna wear the blank space i'm gonna perform and you go and you're just intimidated by how amazing everyone is and your self-talk starts to say oh you're not good enough you poetry is not good what do you think you are look how everyone is everyone is amazing look at you you're no 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 there's no need you don't have to embarrass yourself don't do it just get out of it just say you're gonna cancel your name just get out the minute you start thinking that you need to go and perform immediately just go and perform against everything yourself tells you because the minute you do and you see everyone and their reaction to your piece and them snapping with you and then feeling how you feel it gives you so much confidence and self-love and assurance and makes you feel like i'm that I'm that bitch, you know, <laughs> that's me. Like you feel, you feel, you feel like you're powerful. And that's the whole point of me wanting to create a platform for people is because public speaking helps you gain confidence. And when you gain confidence in yourself, uh, you're able to lead um, a powerful life. And when you lead a powerful life, you become a successful person. And that's how success comes. Success doesn't come because you study hard or you have a really good GPA. That doesn't work in the working community. Nobody cares about your GPAs. No one. People care about you as a person and what you have to, what you are capable of offering to them. And if you don't know what you're offering, they're not going to take you. So you have to kind of gain confidence to be able to do anything in this world, whether it's perform, whether it's travel, whether it's get a job, whether propose, get in a relationship, um, leave a job, um, leave, want to move out of your house, whatever it is, you need confidence. Absolutely. Without confidence, you're gone. Especially, especially with public speaking, because 
literally the only like you are just putting yourself out there and people are staring at you everything they do everything you move like every single movement you are the only thing that is on display right now and uh something my public professor my public professor my public uh, my public speaking professor she probably w- wouldn't be very glad of that part but um she'd always tell me that you only know only you know that you're worried or only you know that you're stressed people can't see it it's very very rare that people actually see it because when you're in your mind telling yourself oh, no i'm gonna forget this part uh what, what am i supposed to say next or you look at someone and they're looking the other way like oh are the are people not liking it only you can like only you feel that people can't tell that you're uh, anxious or people can tell that you're worried but if you do believe it and then if you just keep on with it everyone will know and then even if you have the best piece in the world no one is gonna listen to anything they're just gonna look at you and how worried you are you're gonna completely not deliver in whatever you were supposed to give right and 100%. it's all and about I- confidence that it, i i believe that if you can talk about any topic that makes absolutely no sense but just believe in yourself someone will believe you come on and if you're literally just you have a mic and you're talking nonsense stuff that doesn't make any common sense but you're making it sound believable people are gonna be like wow, wow that's amazing <laughs> literally <laughs> because it's, it's, you believe in it and i've been hosting for six years now and until this day i got on the mic and i'm like i don't know what the heck i'm doing but people are laughing and they're enjoying themselves and i'm like good <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. You would think someone that's been doing this for a long time would know what they're doing. But every single time I get on the mic, and I, I'm not even performing. I'm just hosting. I get nervous. And it's normal to feel nervous. And it's never going to be something that you're used to. The minute you're used to something, leave I'm it. Doing their own. Do something else. Because you're not nervous. You. you got used to it. Exactly. It has to scare you. So every time I'm performing and I'm just nervous. And sometimes I even crack jokes. I don't even know if people are going to laugh at it. But they laugh at it. And I'm like, all right, cool. They laugh. That means it was funny. Next, I bet. <laughs> that's, that's literally how it goes. 1,000%. Yeah. And sometimes, like, even when you're worried, something that I always do is I just open my mouth. And now people expect you to continue speaking, right? So I literally, so I thought my brain, okay, you're going to spend the entire time procrastinating, saying I can't do this. Well, catch up. Like, I just spoke. Now my brain has to catch up. My brain has to say something. Because exactly. you know, everyone is staring at you. If you're worried that they're going to find whatever you you were going to say then weird or anything while well, imagine you just opening your mouth and not saying anything it's even worse so now exactly. you have to respond and you're just forcing it to respond that's actually genius and you know now you've been doing this for six years and something that i always like to talk about as we're getting closer to signing off is the future so what are what is your mm. future vision for blank space what do you want it to be in the next couple of years okay So my vision for it before COVID-19 is extremely different to how I see it right now um, because the possibilities were kind of endless um, before COVID hit us. And we had a lot of opportunities where obviously at some point we do want to own a place, a venue, where we call it blank space. And it just becomes space where we 
do open mics, have different kind of events, or even have it like a tiny little shop where we have or like merchandise in it and stuff. Um, and sometimes we can have like book launches for those poets who want to launch their books um, and they want to publish books um, of their own poetry. Um, and then we can have it there for people to like buy every now and then. Um, that was kind of like the thing that we were looking into in the future, but uh, it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of resources and a lot of energy and um, a lot of planning, which right now we don't have with the whole COVID situation. A lot of people are working extra hard just to maintain the jobs that they have. Um, they're trying to make sure that their family is okay, their health is not jeopardized, their mental health is not jeopardized either. So it's, um, and we've stopped for a minute. So obviously our goals and um, our vision is going to be redirected. We don't know if COVID-19 will ever go away because it's kind of become like a flu. But how the country is going to adjust to it in the future is up to the, you know, the government and whatever the government allows is where we have to kind of be adapt. We're just going to have to adapt to what they have to, you know, put out and then we'll see where we can go from there. But yeah. 100%. And um, I mean, it is everything is uncertain, but it's like if anything, uh, it taught us that, like you're saying, the like there's nothing that you really can't reach. Like if you before you thought that, like your audience is Dubai, you know, a bit of Northern Emirates and Abu Dhabi, because that's like a one hour drive match. But now you can yeah. literally, with the right software, you can tap into like literally continents. The, exactly. and, and, and so many people, like millions of people, yeah, exactly, millions of people. Mm -hmm. And if you just do it right, the experience will be pretty good. Like, yeah. you just need like the right recording software, the right, the right, you know, all that kind of stuff, and you're all good. Like, you can literally just have people in completely different time zones listen with you, connect with you, and you know, even grow the community further. Because it's in the end of the day that like you were saying the goal is to have expand the community and have more people relate yeah. and identify yeah. with each other so i mean i guess this is you know a good takeaway that we can have from covid if um, we can say that there are good takeaways hopefully yeah hopefully and i think right now the countries are opening so maybe in the future in the near future you never know you might hear you know blank space sudan blank space Ooh. Egypt, you know, definitely blank space u.s or you never know. So you we might just expand to different countries. So, you know, keep on the lookout. Up next exclusives right here. Yeah. <laughs> now, I have one last question for you before I let you go. And this is probably my favorite question. Uh, as Mathani Muhammad, how would you describe yourself in just three words? Okay. So three words describe Mathani. I would say confident. Um, determined and powerful. And on that note, once again, Matheny, thank you so much for joining me. It's truly been an absolute pleasure to have you on and to know everything about Land Space and the amazing community that you guys have built and are continuously building and expanding. And honestly, uh, to everyone listening, 
I've been to their events. They're absolutely incredible. If you do have the chance to visit them physically, then I would definitely recommend that you check it out and even perform for yourself. You never know. And also, exactly. if they're in Zoom and everything, no matter where you are in the world, you can always tap in and connect with people from everywhere and hopefully, you know, identify as a part with them and relate to them. And once again, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Ali, for having me. I appreciate it so much. It's um platform like yours. I kind of give others that never really heard about us um, the window to, to know and have a little bit of info about um, maybe their next adventure in life. So I appreciate it so much for having me. You're great. Hopefully we see you at Blank Space, maybe with a little cool skill or talent. See you on the mic. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I have my mic here. I'm fine with that. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind going down and singing, but I don't want to ruin the, your brand name, honestly. <laughs> I can sing, but I can't pay for the damages. I'll, I'll have a good voice, but I still sing, so let's go, you know? <laughs> the once again, thank you for tuning in and I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at the Ali or follow the podcast so you can know when the next episode is out. <laughs>